So welcome to this podcast episode all about Wound Case Study 2. This is a story about primary intention healing, which is where a cut is sutured back together. So you may want to view the slides uh, to go with this case study. I will try and describe it as best I can without you needing to see the slides because they are quite graphic. So I'm going to talk you through what happened to this horse and then you'll hear a little insert of audio from our vet, Ashley Schofield. This was his case that he treated and he'll be just telling us some of the differences between primary and secondary intention healing. So in this um, case study, you can see an image of Chaz, the horse. Uh, he was out hacking with his owner one day when he got a little bit excited and unfortunately he, I don't know exactly what happened, but he sort of sat on a fence for want of a more technical term. This results in a, quite a large cut, just um, like a sort of crescent moon shape, just next to his tail. Um, so it's just on the top of his hindquarters, but thankfully it doesn't actually go into his anus or his rectum because that would have caused some severe damage. It's very, very close, but it just misses. And if you're not viewing the pictures, it's, as I said, a half moon shape on a slight angle down. It's a really, really gory uh, cut because it is going through several layers of skin um, right through into the muscle. So the poor owner is <clears throat> totally unaware that her horse has done this uh, huge, great big cut and only finds this a couple of hours later when they go back to the horse box to get ready to hack, um, get ready to box home. So Ashley Schofield, our vet, was called out to this and he decided that the wound could be sutured. So he closes the wound with stitches and also adds a drain. Now a drain is added in to prevent a buildup of fluid because one problem that you can get when a wound is sewed back together is it can be too, uh, too much tension which can cause the wound to break down. So the drain will help um, prevent fluid from gathering in this area. So if you do have a look at the slides, it's remarkable how fast the wound heals up. We have a picture of day zero where it's a very fresh, deep wound. But by day five, when the drain is removed, it really does look so much better. Um, then when we see the, the image several months later, you can barely see the, the wound at all. Chaz made a full recovery and is back out eventing and competing. But in Chaz's case, luckily, uh, the, the next few pictures you'll see, uh, you can see a picture where the drain's been removed. Um, that was done after about four days. Um, and then after that, the little portals where the drain was, we tend to leave them open and not suture them closed because you tend to cause more problems by trying to close them. Because um, they've been open for quite a while, they heal quite quickly. Um, and then after a couple of weeks, we took his sutures out. Um, and because he had some muscle damage, um, we sort of kept him on box rest during that pr process, both because of the muscle damage, but also every time he'd walk, I'm sure you can imagine, when he brings that leg forward, it's a bit like us, you sort of gluteal muscles stretch, and therefore the skin around them stretches, and that will just promote, a, you know, give him a bigger chance of having those sutures ripped open and tearing open. So we had a strict box rest for those couple of weeks. After that, then he went on a little bit of a rehab program just to make sure his muscle was doing okay underneath. Um, and then within a couple of weeks, he's back to, to starting a sort of getting back fit program to do a fair bit of walking and trot work. So he was pretty good and, and he recovered really well and he's back to eventing now. 
Um, and he's barely got a scar left behind, thank goodness, really. Um, and he was quite lucky that it, it, it sort of pulled together. When I first got there and I sedated him, I tried to pull the skin together and it didn't look like it was going to meet very well. But actually, once we sort of started suturing and getting all the layers put together, it, it did turn out quite well. Um, it certainly uh, looks great in the last picture. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, now he's made a full recovery. Yeah, and now he, it looks even better. So that's the lucky side of things when you get sort of some muscle damage. Muscle does tend to heal a lot better, you know, if you win a rupture of tendons or something, you try to suture that together. Depending on the tendon, if it's an extensor tendon, sometimes that does all right. But you sort of big flexor tendons at the back tend not to do quite so well, you know, and they'll have a much more guarded prognosis regarding getting them back into full work, especially if it's at a higher level. Rather than these sort of stitch-up sort of things tend to go quite well and they tend to heal really well, uh, provided your sutures stay together. If they break apart, it just means that the wound has to, to heal via second intention healing, which means it's just got to, if you have a little bit of a hole, there's going to be a lot of pink tissue called granulation tissue fill that hole up, and then the skin on the surface has to migrate across. So you sort of have a, a couple of different things going on, and it's obviously a little bit longer. Um, so we try to suture them because there's lots of pros to suturing quicker, so therefore you get them, you get them sort of healing it back into action quicker, which is obviously a big plus. Just the speed itself also means that they're less likely to get infected because obviously the longer you have a wound open, the more chances you are of getting infected. Um, but you also, so from a cosmetic perspective, for any of you that do showing or anything like that, you get much more better cosmetic results from the mean suture and you tend to get a lot less scarring. Um, but there's the sort of main pros. Uh, the sort of main con, I suppose, is that it could break down and I suppose if it does, uh, it can leave a bit of a mess. But um, I've never had one that's broken down and, and ended up looking worse than the wounded in the first place. Um, quite the opposite of that. Usually they look pretty good and you've provided quite a lot of structure and given them a long enough time to actually provide themselves with a little bit of structure. Well, no, as you said, it, it's a great job. Obviously, brilliant handiwork by you, Ash. What else contributed to this horse's um, injury healing up so well? Was it partly the location? I'm guessing that hindquarter area has got a really good blood supply. Uh, and as yes. you said earlier, he was lucky not to get um, that slightly further to the left, which would have been pretty unfortunate if he'd had that literally across his anus. Um, also, there was no you know, joints, tendons, anything involved. So I guess that all contributed to healing well. Yes, yeah, so that's the sort of main reason why muscle does generally heal well, simply because it has such a good blood supply. You know, if you put muscle open in general, it'll always be bleeding quite profusely because it has such a good blood supply to allow it to get plenty of energy in order to contract. So... The location makes it heal well, but I also think the sort of horse and owner co uh, the compliance works really well. Um, you know, lots and lots of people have lots of opinions of box rest and things like that, but in this sort of circumstance, she wouldn't have turned him out. He may well have been okay, but doing more and more movements potentially would have made that wound open up again. Um, and certainly if the wound opened up again and he was out and about moving around, it would have taken an incredibly long time to heal because every time he would have moved, he would have irritated that leg, irritated that wound and stretched that wound back open again. So it would have taken quite a substantial amount of time. Um, some horses don't cope with box rest very well. Um, fortunately for Jazz, uh, Chaz, he does cope with it quite well and he's quite happy to sort of stand around mooching around. Um, but there's plenty of options available, such as oral sedation, um, to try and get them to calm down, especially for the first sort of few days while they're settling down into box rest. Um, horses tend to be a, an animal, like most animals, but the horses especially are quite an animal of routine. So once the box rest tends to become a bit more of a routine and normal for them, they then tend to adapt to it and settle quite well to it. Um, they tend to sometimes get a bit hectic at the beginning, because if they're used to being out, as soon as they're trapped inside 24-7, 
then that's quite a big lifestyle change. But it just tends to be that period of adaption uh, that just that you have to just be a bit patient with them, potentially help them out with some oral sedatives just to try and take the edge off. It's not necessary to overtly sedate them as if you're doing their teeth or, or what I did for Chance when he was being stitched up. It's just to try and take the edge off, just so they don't get quite so so het up. And, and some of the oral sedations, especially things like Reliquin or Sedlin, they're designed to be more anti-anxiety rather than actually a profound sedative. So owner compliance is a really good point that you raised there. The other question I just wanted to ask to go through was, did Chad have to go to an equine hospital or were you able to stitch him up where, where he was, so to speak? Uh, I did stitch him up on the yard. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's very much an individual vet's judgment. Uh, that sort of area is where I've done a few, I've done a few stitch-ups around that sort of region. I've done a few sort of on the mares, like they've had kicks, they've had sort of vulval injuries or vaginal injuries. And all those sorts of areas, it's a big sort of debate about where to stitch them up. Um, and I suppose it depends on how how confident you are in suturing them up. Sometimes you need, sometimes the hospitals, perhaps, especially if you sort of got a first opinion, sometimes the hospitals have more surgeons, and so you can get a surgeon to stitch mm-hmm. them up. Equally, also very much depends on the temperament of the horse. Uh, Chaz is quite calm. He needed several top-ups of sedation during the procedure because it did take about two and a half to three hours to complete all of that work because of such a substantial amount of work to be done and a lot of suturing to be done. But because uh-huh. of that, um, he was able to be sedated and he was very calm and actually was performed in a wash box and it was in the middle of winter. And luckily, I had some solarium lights to keep me warm while I was doing it. Um, <laughs> but if he was one that was potential to kick or anything, well, which he never did, um, then I think, yes, certainly having them in a clinic where they have stocks available would be a massive bonus because it's just safer for everybody around. And unfortunately, you sort of have to sort of think about the sort of human safety aspect of it before you start worrying too much about the horse's wounds because if you go and injure the person that's trying to stitch them back together, they're not going to get any, they're not going to benefit from that whatsoever. Uh, I've done a few, Chaz, in this situation, I didn't do, but the sort of nares I have done, because they're a bit more like the kicks of the area you're dealing with, um, I have ended up actually doing them on the yard and stacking up some shavings bales behind their back legs. If they were going to try to give me a swift, a swift one in the shins, they couldn't quite do that because they're just going to kick a load of shavings bales, which wasn't going to affect me whatsoever. Uh, but I do it that way, but um, plenty of my colleagues would have referred all of these horses in, you know, this chance, for example, any, all those other mares that I've helped suture up on the yard, there's plenty of vets and colleagues that I work with that would have referred them in to have them in the stocks just to feel that bit safer. It's very much a sort of individual call, and I don't think there's a right answer or a wrong answer. Um, obviously, it's nicer for you if you can keep them on the yard, um, but sometimes having them in a bit more of a sterile environment in the clinic can have a, have a big bonus as well because you're less likely to have wound issues occurring and, and you know, wound breakdowns due to, sec- due to infection. Oh, that's really, really interesting. So, so Chad and Chase, he was lucky that you were able to get to him quite quickly, suture up while it was all quite fresh. It was in the right area. And because of his calm temperament and your excellent sewing skills, he was able to be treated just at the yard, which probably made life a lot easier for everybody involved. Well, thanks so much, Ash. That's such an interesting case study. Um, whether people found that the picture was a bit too gory to look at or not, the, the end result was a happy one. And it's great to hear that the horse is back out of venting. So thanks yes. so much for filling us in on the details of that. That's no brilliant. problem. No problem at all.